Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and you may have noticed that we've taken a little break from the podcast this summer as we've worked through the convention season. But we have some really great and enriching episodes lined up for you and your family through the rest of the summer. So be sure you download the Teach Them Diligently app from your favorite app store today or subscribe to the podcast via your favorite podcast app because you do not want to miss a thing. Now, before we dive in with our very special guest today, I wanted to take just a moment to thank our sponsor for today's podcast, Alpha Omega Publications. You can simplify your entire homeschool year right down to the shopping with complete grade sets from Alpha Omega Publications. These contain all the student books and teacher's guides available per grade level. And each curriculum set contains everything you need to help your child succeed in up to five subjects. So call 1-800-622-3070 or shop online today at aop.com. Now, today I am really excited to kick off our new season by welcoming Todd and Brooke Tillman to the show. Todd and Brooke are homeschooling parents of eight. They served in pastoral ministry for many years, and just last year, they were thrust into the limelight as Todd won the 18th season of The Voice. They have a new book coming out soon, and Todd's working on an album as well. So we clearly have a lot we could chat about today. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so thrilled to have you guys on the podcast, and I'm super excited to see the uh, final copy of your book that's coming out. So for those who may not know much about you guys, can you give us just a little bit of insight into, you know, who you are, what your family looks like, that kind of thing. Okay. Do you, you want to do that? Yeah. Um, you, you do we're, that. we're Todd and Brooke. Um, we've been married for almost 22 years. No, we've been married for almost 23 years. <laughs> we've been married 22 years. Can we you cut and start that? over now? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we've been married a really long time. <laughs> we got married young. Yeah. We started having our kids young. So we have... Um, eight, I like to say extraordinary children because they're each unique and extraordinary in their own way. Mm. Um, we did adopt two from South Korea, they're sisters, and um, that's been such a blessing with the adoption. Um, Todd, we Todd, we've been in ministry our entire marriage. Um, yeah. when when I married Todd, he Even was before we got married. Yes, I mean he was a youth pastor and um, later moved into being associate and then moved into. Well, you always did worship. But yeah, yeah, I was kind of worship, worship pastor the whole and, time. And <laughs> uh, then about 10 years ago, we transitioned into lead pastors when his parents left and um, to do outreach ministry. Um, and we did that for 10 years uh, when this huge opportunity kind of we did on a whim um, yeah. that kind of turned our life upside down. But we're just basic. You're, you know, we're just your normal people that want to follow and be obedient to what God has for our life and for our children. A, a big thing to us is letting our children be who they are. Mm. And we really incorporate that into how we um, homeschool. We like to kind of call it like a schooling. We kind of do it together. And um, so that's a little bit from my perspective. I love being a mom. Um, I, I, I love the Lord. I love to hear other people's stories. And that's, Kind of me. What do you want to add in there? Other than I got the marriage link wrong. Which well, is that's all right. You're close enough. Hey, it's a, you know, round uh, up. Yeah, you know, we've she pretty much said everything. We've just even before we got married, I started in in ministry and even full time ministry. Even though, uh, you know, the size of our church and my age and and experience in ministry in those beginning years, it was not full time pay. Yeah. <laughs> But okay, it was yeah. full 
full-time ministry. Uh, and then, you know, um, one thing that I always like to sort of, especially in in the opportunities that I have to talk to a more faith-based community, uh, mm-hmm. because we do, we're blessed to talk to all kinds of different people, uh, is um, we actually, when I say we, it did start with me, but I shared it with Brooke. Um, and about three or four years ago, 2017 or 2016, we started feeling like there was going to be a shift in, in our life and what we did. And so we did go to the voice on a whim. But of course, I feel like we all know that God knows it wasn't a whim, but we knew there had to be something. I had no idea that I would anything would come of it and this would be the thing. Um, but, you know, we knew something was going to change. I feel like we, we, we like to say for Todd, because he's a play it safe kind oh of guy. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm a play like, it safe. I'm a total <laughs> crazy, the limits kind of girl. And so I think God knew the, the gesture that Todd needed. The grand gesture, as I always say. To step out of his comfort zone and, um, you know, to step into maybe a different type of platform that God wanted to use him for. That God kind of needed the grand gesture of the uh, voice. Wow. Yeah. And, he still, and he still struggled. Oh, like yeah. fully do it. I um, still struggle now. Yeah. You know? So, um, but yeah, that's what we like to say. I think God just, that was the avenue he chose to use to kind of step us into what to move us into what was next. Yeah. Um, I feel like otherwise I think Todd might would have played it safe and just stayed with the well, familiar it was, because we, we love, loved, loved, still love our church yeah. people. And, um, but we definitely felt a shift. I think it was, get, it was getting to the point. Something was going to happen. Yeah. I'm just I'm thankful it was this though. So at least now I have more of a clear direction, you know? Oh, absolutely. Well, I would imagine that over the past couple of years, there've been a lot of really big changes, shifts in your family. And, and yeah. some of those obviously have come because of the voice, but I would love to hear. And I think everybody out there would be really interested to hear, you know, how did you go from, leery of change, not, not a big risk taker to stepping out where, I mean, it just kind of takes everybody's breath away just to think of taking that initial tryout step, let alone getting on the national stage like you did. You know, it went in stages for really, uh, the stage one was like the initial audition, which frankly, I just thought would not, I just, you know, I, and I don't mean like, Oh, I'm, I'm terrible. And I can't sing. I, it's not that mm-hmm. I just didn't think, I don't know. I just didn't think I would be what they were looking for. You know? <laughs> well, it would be a cool story yeah. to tell our kid, yeah. you know, say, look, but, you know, dad did something crazy, not thinking it would turn into what it turned into. But over time, what I will say, it did start, it started out with me saying, you know, I'll give it a shot. I, I really went reluctantly. Uh, she kind of pushed me into doing it. <laughs> but by the time it was real, like blind audition time, like mm-hmm. you're, you're going to actually have a real blind audition. Then my mindset had really shifted into this is my shot. Like, I'm not going to get another one like this. And so I got to take my shot, you know, and that's kind of where I was by that time. Yeah. The whole time I was just terrified. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least you're honest. (laughs) Well, I still am scared to death. (laughs) So how has God used that? I mean, I remember, you know, when I when I heard and. I don't, I don't watch a lot of TV. I missed a lot of the lead up to this finale where, you know, I started hearing this homeschool dad is on the finale and, you know, all this stuff. And so naturally I paid attention then. And I remember watching on YouTube, your final per- performance of I Can Only Imagine and thinking, God, what an amazing opportunity to get this message out to millions and millions of people and to see your joy and the way that you presented it. It was, it was overwhelming. It was exciting for me. It was encouraging to believers across the world, I'm sure. 
but how has that changed your ministry, your platform? You know, what has that brought into your life? Oh man. It, you know, first of all, on the larger scale, of course, you know, the, the show alone and then since has, has brought so many different people into my life, but I mean, it kind of depends on how you look at that too. Like personally, I have found a whole lot more peace hmm. and freedom and like joy. I was, I struggled a, a lot and it was, and I say it's in the book and I'll say it here in all these, all, all of these podcasts that we get to do. Uh, it's, I don't blame other people. I really don't. I feel like it was more my, my, the way that I perceive the world. I struggled a lot with people pleasing and legalism mm -hmm. and a lot of those things. And, and so, um, for me, it's, it's offered me a lot of freedom, but really as much as people would see the large scale, the TV show and the, all the followers on all the things, I really do think as far as ministry and the kingdom goes, the the most meaningful thing to me has been the relationships that I get to build behind the scenes. Wow. You know, a, a lot of people, as a matter of fact, more than one person has said to me, you know, we see this and, and a lot of times this doesn't work, but what they don't know is they're not really seeing what's really happening. You're just mm -hmm. seeing the music videos. Right, and the, what's on the, the final product there. Yeah. yeah. What's really happening is, I, got, I get to meet so many people and just share the love of Jesus wow. with them and reach out to them. And then even our story, there are people that I met in my time on The Voice that now has been over a year ago, but still we get to even like, even the struggles that we've had with like mental health and things, mm -hmm. we get to reach out and just, I don't, you know, I don't always, you know, chase them down and say, do you know the Lord Jesus as your right. personal savior? But I do get to share the love of Jesus with yeah. them and, and get to be an encouragement to them. And that to me, honestly, has been the most meaningful thing. Uh, yeah, I, ministry -wise. Think, I think it's also something we're learning. I think the first experience that Todd really got to minister to people outside of behind the traditional behind the pulpit model mm -hmm. um, was when he went on the voice. And yeah. so it really opened up your eyes to, how ministry, I mean, and I, we all minister in the marketplace when we go out and do things. I understand that, but it really changed our concept of ministry can like real ministry can take place and it not be in traditional church type. Right. Well, we did learn that sadly, we are sadly, we found our identity, identity in, in the church, in the church. Yeah. not necessarily yeah. in the kingdom. And you know? it, it kind of has had to switch our perspective to kingdom mentality, which hmm. we thought we had. We you know, more that. so than church mentality, just yeah. our little church mentality. And, um, you know, and that's been, you know, that's been something that's been great and amazing. But it's also been like something you, you kind of struggle figuring out yeah. how to do this now and how to do marriage differently when we're doing things this way. Instead, we've always done ministry yeah. together. We've always done. And it takes away. Way. It takes away a very comfortable yes. lens through which we viewed even Jesus, yeah. you know, right. which is the church, like this church you. model that right. we were. Right. You know. Look at things differently. And I know for me, I mean, it's been a challenge just to, you know, like, like I, like, like he said, I really found my identity in what I did. And so it's, it's, it's kind of been a side I didn't expect yeah. that you miss, you know, when we're, when things are just scary, you crave the familiar oh, and, yeah. and the Lord's already shown me, he says, Brooke, you know, ministry for you, you got complacent. It was very easy. Yeah. And I enjoyed it, but it was very easy for me to show up and do ministry the way that, that we did before. This is a little different and it's challenging me and it's causing me to have to grow, which is what change does. Right. And so it's good. It's been good, but it, but it has its points that are hard. Oh God. Yeah. Well, and yeah. isn't it amazing how God 
enlarges your vision, enlarges your borders, stretches you in ways that you would have never, ever imagined possible. You wouldn't have even imagined existed. Um, and, And I think that for so many of us, like you, as you were talking about the comfort, we get so complacent in the comfortable that we miss the world that the the people we pass day in and day out, even it doesn't have right. to be on a grand scale, no. but God brings people to us day in and day out that we have the opportunity to show his love and, and, and just be a, a light in their, oh, yeah. in this dark, uncertain world. And so I love, I love the way that he has, that, that you kind of refer to it as kind of being brought out of the comfortable. Cause I think that no matter what the situation is, we all need to look outside of our comfortable for how God really wants to use us. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Shoot. Well, I mean, for, for us, it's been, uh, first of all, you know, I used to say this from the pulpit all the time. Growing up, man, I used to pray all the time. God, you know, just put someone in my path today, you know? (laughs) And then one day, and listen, I don't want, you know, I don't know what all kind of people listen. And a lot of people listening on these podcasts, maybe aren't people of faith. And so a lot of times we use verbiage that they don't understand. And so when I say this, I don't mean like I heard God like vocally, like audibly say, but like in my heart, I just really felt the spirit of God say, Todd, I put people in your path every day. You're just not paying attention, you know? And then, and then the other thing that I'm learning now, man, is that, let me say, I don't want to, I don't want to get myself in trouble for the most part. They were right up for the most part, but you know, I've, I'm learning now, man, the church and the model of, of the, the church, like, like the structure of the church taught me how like I was viewing Jesus and and the world, how they told me to and not necessarily how I'm supposed to, you know, in a lot of ways. And, and that's that man, that's hard for me, man. Cause in my mind, I'm like, Oh, it's gotta be like this. It's supposed to be like this, you know, but God's like, no, that's not where I got you right now. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's amazing how he removes the crutches and, and you realize that all you have is Jesus. So you get to know him so much better and in such a real way that outside of those those moments when you just think, oh, everything is shifting, everything is changing, and you're so nervous, you miss out on that because, like you said, you're comfortable. And so those, right. those non-crutch moments are just really big deals for us in our growth. Oh, man, for sure. Absolutely. And we, golly, uh, we don't even have one crutch right now. I know. They're flying <laughs> with no crutches here. <laughs> We've been stumbling along. God completely moved us away from everything familiar and everything that we use to kind of have his crutches in our lives. And, but and- as, as, as anxious as I can't lie, I am about the future and paying the bills. I mean, things like there, for me, there is so much freedom in it. Yeah, I mean, right. I feel so much joy and freedom. And and so another thing I used to say to our church near the end uh, was, you know, you have, we have to be careful, all of us, because I think, I, and I've dealt with a little bit of this since all this started, and it's fine. I get it that folks don't understand, you know. But a lot of times when you see people and you determine that they're being rebellious, what they may really be is free. Yeah. They're, they're not, they're just not doing what you think they're supposed to do, but it's not rebellion. It's yeah. freedom. You know? right. Yeah. Well, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that there's a lot of, of misunderstandings and nosiness that should be avoided um, and, and grace that should be given and actually excitement for what God is going to do through uh, some of these out of the box individuals. 
But I wanted to shift gears really quick because I want to dive into some of the stuff that I read in your book. Um, I was actually just having a conversation yesterday with a number of 365 members, and we were talking about kind of the overwhelm and the discouragement and the stuff that we all deal with, um, even outside of those big valley times, those deep, deep struggles that we have. So it was really important or pertinent (laughs) to me to see the note in your book where you said, and I'm quoting here, people are often told to focus on the big picture and just keep your eye on the prize to reach success and contentment as if those were the end goals. But, but you guys have discovered a different way. And, and it's an approach that anyone can integrate into their own walk through life, not just being content, but and I can hear it in your voice, being joyous, celebrating those everyday successes. How did you get from kind of that, that, big goal, always stretching for something that's, you know, kind of the end goal to now recognizing those everyday successes and looking for that everyday joy. You want to do that? Or you, want me? Um, you, you know, I think for me, it began when, and I don't know if this is something that might take time in people's lives, but for me, it began when I look back, you know, on all the things that I thought were, oh yeah, my God, collectively. collectively, you know, so hard for us, but to see God in every one of those moments and how he came through for me, I don't know if maybe it's just part of that faith walk and trusting and then looking back and seeing and maybe perspective, maybe God giving you a perspective to, um, you know, look back. And I think that's why the word of God says, you know, we overcome um, by the blood and the word of our testimony. When you go back and share your testimony with mm-hmm. people and see, actually relive and kind of we did that through the book. But also for me, I know I shared my testimony in front of the church. And when I had to go back and kind of see all those memorials of where God mm-hmm. never once let me down, you begin to see all these little wins, all these little miracles. And honestly, God is starting to show me that, you know, there is, you know, the normal like there is, yeah. there is a gift of just the normal yes. day to day, little things with your kids, with people in your communities. Just yesterday, I told my kids because we had had a rough couple of days <laughs> and we had a really good day yesterday. No one was really fighting. We really <laughs> like, enjoyed, you know, and, and I, and at the end of the day, I said, you know what? Today was a good day. That's a win y'all. And I think one of my kids says, well, we got up later, mom. Like, oh, <laughs> there, well, there you well, go. Yeah, there was less time during the day. A 17-year-old chimed in and said, we need to write Our next a book. book should be Every, Every Little, Little Loss. Because we've had a lot of losses. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true, you know? That's right, that's you right. Know, but, I mean, but we learn, like, you know, and, and for me, I think I'm starting to find the beauty in the mundane. Yeah. yeah. Before, I was always waiting for the next big thing. And I struggle with that in my life. I'm When I get, and I know this, you know, when I get skinnier, when our life comes together, when we yeah. get that home we want, when we things are perfect in our marriage, when whatever it is for you, we look for those things and we miss the now. Yeah. We miss the day-to-day miracles that God, we overlook them and say they're just just a yeah. regular day yeah. when they're not. And it's just like the same thing you said with God puts people in your path. You miss them because it's not some big deal type encounter. And sometimes we're just looking for that when we need to look for those little everyday moments. And that's when you begin to see those everyday miracles, those everyday wins that lead to big joy. Just gotta be real. And man, I look, I mean, I'm not, I'm telling you, I'm not super great at it, but I'm trying. You gotta be really deliberate about, about paying attention to the journey being the destination sometimes, you know, like, it's not, you know, it's almost like we have this like Indiana Jones type thing. Like once we get to the Temple of Doom or whatever it is, 
But really, I mean, it's yeah, your the, dad the adventure, used to have you know, the that, saying, yeah. enjoying the journey. Like, yeah, like, enjoying the journey. And so what happens is me, even now, if I'm not careful, what I'll do is there, there's an artist that I really admire even now. And, and me and him are, have kind of started building a relationship. And, but I'll say, I'll, I'll say to her, well, I don't know, you know, like gr- first we meet and it's great. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to meet and we're going to, uh, we have a relationship. And then it's not, it's not even a day later. I'm like, I don't know, you know, I texted and they hadn't texted back. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and you have to be really deliberate about paying attention to like, there's a win. This is yeah. okay. You, you've, you've initialized this relationship or whatever it is, you know, and, uh, and now whatever comes next, just, I don't want to say let it come naturally as in just ride the flow. Right. But also you don't have to force it either, you know? Well, and it's so important to, to share what you've learned with others. That's even as you were talking, I, the, the tightest two <laughs> verses were just swimming in my head because younger women, younger men don't recognize the need for this yet. You know, I mean, it's, it's like, that's something that comes with experience, but if we can let them get that, get a grasp on that sooner, how much extra joy, how much more could they do? Um, so I love that you guys are out there sharing this so that old and young alike can, can hear your hearts on this and, and actually hopefully get a hold of it you know, much earlier maybe than, than you yeah. guys did. God uses oh, that God. time. I've learned so many things the hard way and I don't know why. I'm like, <laughs> someone told me not to do it that way. And I still, <laughs> <laughs> I still <laughs> went into that wall. <laughs> it is still a process for oh us. My God, yeah, we don't sure always is. notice the little wins when we should. Yeah. Like it's still, so everybody has to remember and have grace for yourself. Oh yeah. We oh, still yeah. make really bad decisions, yeah, we, you know, <laughs> we still sometimes look for the big thing. And, but I think this definitely, this journey has taught us a little more into looking, not just at the big thing. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. how you know, the big thing happening can teach you to look at the little thing. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I know you have, a, a chapter in your book all about the the goodness of God. And you talk a lot about how you've relied through the years on the goodness of God. Now, how did those those faith walks, that faith walk, I guess is a better way. <laughs> that came out very wrong. Uh, so how did that faith walk that the Lord called you to walk that you kind of mentioned early on really get you to understand that goodness that now I, I would imagine is moving you into recognizing all of these little wins. Um, I know for me, like a big deal, you know, when the voice kind of culminated, I don't know for me, it just, God gave me this perspective of like, I guess for so long, I mean, you know, God's good and you know, we experience the goodness of God, but I guess it was just that season of so much goodness hmm. from God. And I'll, I'll tear up a little bit, but it was just overwhelming. And God began to show me, you know, the goodness of God has shown through the goodness, through his people. And so many people loved on us, supported us, stood in the gap for us, helped us. And, you know, and a lot of people, we had people in our life say, well, what are these people coming back around trying to- Yeah, relationships that, that have that, fractured were here. Now that, you know? that you are in this, and I'm like, no, I don't see it that way. I see it as people wanting to partake in this moment and God bringing healing and the, the good side. Cause even when you go through yucky seasons in ministry or go through yucky things in relationships, there's still the good. Sometimes, so many times people throw out the good because something bad happened. And for me in that moment, it was able to kind of bring the good, the good. Everybody just saw the the good and the mm-hmm. goodness. And, and, and it really, for me, was just very humbling because 
there were so many people that were so more much more deserving than we were, but God still allowed his goodness to be like just laid on us by people. And so it just really changed my perspective of a lot of times the goodness of God is is, is through his people and yeah. we miss it. We miss it because we let those little, oh, those people hadn't always been so good to you. And we let things like that interfere yeah. from God showing you his goodness to maybe people you least expected. Yeah. Or like those people who are like, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, all of a sudden everyone's your cousin or your friend. But to me, I don't know, like, I think that's that sweet. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I think it's really nice that they want to identify with me because I really am kind of a loser, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, I think that on the other side of that, a lot of people fail to participate in that because of feeling out of place or being shy or, you know, not wanting to impose or something when they not only could be the instruments of the goodness of God to someone else, but they would also, they're also missing out on the experience of that fellowship and, and the increased joy that comes by that goodness of God. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you get, you get to look back and, and, and through that, you know, I mean, man, we surely have walked in the goodness of God. Oh my God. God is always taking care of us. And ultimately, Really, it has been through people and sometimes people that you least expect. You know, we always assume it's going to come through certain people. But, you know, God is so unique in the way he does things. And and I like to say, you know, God surprises me all the time. Yeah. Like, he really does. Um, but it, it, it was it really was just this moment. I guess it's just one of those moments. Like I like to tell people that moment that it happened, you get very few perfect moments in life. You just really, you don't where everything just comes together and it's a perfect moment. And that was one of those perfect moments. And so you really had this moment to bask and just see how good God is. God in my spirit. Again, I like to say, I didn't hear an audible voice at the beginning of this journey told me it was going to be good. Hmm. And the other, she wasn't going to drop because that was a big fear of ours. We'd always had where the bad thing would happen. And that was our biggest fears. We're going to get in this and then it's all going to fall apart. Mm. And that was a fear of ours. And God really gave me peace in the very beginning and said, this would be good. It would be good for us. and It would be good for our church. It would be good for the people. It was, it was going to be a good thing. And I had to rely on that in tough moments when COVID hit and different things happened in the process. But in the end, he kept true to his promise. And I think that was just, man, like the faithfulness of God. Like he, you know, when we're faithless, He's faithful and he was faithful and he was good and it was good. I mean, that, so that's just powerful. It's a powerful experience for me. Absolutely. Well, and I know you guys have shared pretty openly about some, some dark times in your life and your marriage. Um, And we don't have a long time to go into those today, but I, I feel like I would be remiss not to, to bring up the fact that even in those dark times, God's goodness is still real. God does not change. So now that you have the perspective of kind of going through some deep valleys, how has that changed your perspective on the goodness of God or make you draw nearer to him through the process? How has that impacted you? Uh, I mean, for me, I would say, I'm honestly, I would probably say it, it would just show even more the goodness of God because there were so many times where he was really being good to me, even though I was complaining mm-hmm. and was not seeing that, you know, uh, because that's the thing, man. Like, now don't get me wrong. I don't, I'm, I, you know, I've already, I've already kind of got a little, like a little rebellion out there in the world. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not out here. Like I'm not a universalist or anything, you know, but I do think that if we will, 
rely on the grace of God. He, he's good enough to still be good to us, even when we're shaking our fist at him mm. saying he's bad to us, you know? And even when we make, cause even now, you know, I, I, I try to be really open even now uh, in my life and in public appearances and social media and all those things that, you know, y'all, I imagine I'll make some bad decisions even still. I've made all the issue is they they just weren't as public before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. We all didn't get to read about him. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I think for me and my perspective is, and I'll try to do this quickly, it's one thing to say God's good on the mountain. It's another thing to know God's good in the valley. Yeah. And I think for me, when you walk through those times, I know in a particular really hard season of my life, when I battled some depression and anxiety that was extreme, it was really bad. Um, you know, I had prayed and I'd gotten really real with God right before that. And I was already struggling and I asked for freedom. I was tired of this battle and it got a hundred times worse. And I remember crying out one day and I was like, God, I asked you for freedom. Like, what what are you doing? Like, and literally he's like, Brooke, you, you asked me for freedom. But what you really wanted was relief. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we have to walk through those tough times to get that freedom because we learn and we grow and we come out on the other side equipped to overcome yeah. the next time we're faced with a similar battle. And so he had to take me through that, but he never left me, never once left me. But it changed my perspective. You know, it, it, I come out of that season and several seasons of our life knowing God's good. It's easy to shout God's good on the mountain. I mean, it really is. But when you're in that season where you won't all say, where is God that you learn that God's good and God brings you out, you have a different, I think, power in your testimony. You have a different authority in your walk with God because you know God in the deep, dark places and you know, he's good and you know, he still comes through. And that just brings a whole different perspective. And it helps you too, to kind of yeah be good to other people even it gives you even though you might have been taught that they don't deserve yes, it, or whatever. You it, know it, what it mean? does like, it gives uh, you a different perspective for others that walk through dark seasons you have a different different empathy you have and compassion you have because you've been there well yeah absolutely and i love you made the point in in your book where you say that too often when things are hard we perceive that god only gives us what we deserve if that's the case we're all in trouble instead god cares for us like a good father does a son. Um, And I love that because it speaks directly to really that checkbox mentality that so many of us have where, you know, if I miss the mark, if I miss this, then Mm -hmm. I'm getting what I deserve. And we miss the grace, the goodness. We miss that father caring for a son. We we see Jesus, God as judge, and we miss the fact that he's father. Um, So so I... I absolutely love the way that you guys parked on that for a little while. And even, you know, as you've talked a lot about freedom and stuff through through this time, I think that it's 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 really exciting to hear how God is working and teaching you that so you can pass that along. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. He's he even now I'm I'm literally in the throes of that lesson that yeah. I don't have to meet all the benchmarks yeah. for him to love me the same, you know? And, uh, and it, it's weird that we don't get it because we have kids and man, my kids have disappointed me, but there has never been a time where I'm like, well, you know, I'm sorry. We're going, I'm going to separate from you forever. Right. Because, you know what I mean? And like, I think for, for people that are listening, like the big key there is like when you get on that checklist, 
that's religion and religion will never do it. You got to have a relationship. It's relationship yeah. with Jesus that changes things. Well, it's a return and to the law. It's a return I mean. to the law. The law couldn't do it. That's why Jesus had to come. You're never going to be able to keep the rules, the checklist enough. That's why we needed Jesus. And so, in, and Jesus changes everything. Once Jesus enters the picture, that relationship, it kind of, you know, it, whatever you're checking off, you're doing it because, because your love for Jesus. Jesus and the relationship, not a rule. Yeah, it's because, and, and that's the same with your kids. You want your kids to do and follow after things because the heart. Like you talk about this disciple in the heart, it has to be, you know, not because I'm afraid of the rule and what happens if I don't keep a rule. Right. So I just think that's just the beauty of Jesus. He just he changed everything. Well, he does, and and I think that the focus on the law, focus on the check boxes, the rules, the the to dos and to don'ts. Um, there's a manner of control there that I think we all like. I can control what I do. I can control how I fulfill this. But it's when we take our hands off and we just lean into who God actually is. And this is what we've told our kids for their entire life. We want what they do to overflow from the love of God that's in their heart. That's what should be leading what they do, not a set of checkboxes that we have on the wall for them to check off every day. You're so right. right. Cause that control thing, I think like listening to that, it's like, and I think if we think, okay, we can control what we're doing and these rules, then we can control the outcome. Yep. And all of us ultimately don't want to experience well, pain or hurt. Right. And we think, Oh, we can control. Hold real time. We control yeah. the outcome of what happens to us. And we can't, that's the ultimate surrender. No matter you check off every box on there. Well, and God, also you, that's you a 100% set up life. for Jesus failure. Said, exactly. Like, you're 100% setting yourself up to fail. Yep. When you do that, because you will, even even if it's what the church or the world or, or people of faith would consider in a small way, which I don't agree with that mentality, but whatever, that's a whole, whole other thing. <laughs> even if it's in the smallest way, you are going to screw up yep. on those, on those, on that. Yeah, and you're you can, setting and yourself to up me, to fail. Like, I, it was just mind blowing. I was talking to my kids the other day. Like, you can do the right things and say the right things with the wrong heart, oh my and God, it's yeah. still sin and wrong. And I think that would like blow some people's minds. Yeah. Oh, as long as it looks right and yeah. you're doing the right thing, if the heart motive is wrong, it's wrong. Yeah. Like, you know, and that's why it always has to come back to your heart. Amen. It always has to, it has to flow out of that place, or it's it's wrong, yep. you know, or it's, it's some other form you're trying to manipulate or control. It's something else going on. And so well, it's yeah, always someone, a hard issue. Someone told me a couple of weeks ago, and I don't want to get myself in trouble here, but it did get me thinking hmm. that, you know, the Bible, they've got the, there's the, the, the wide path and the narrow path. And, you know, they said, you know, there, it, it can be, it can be taught. And it really did get me thinking, I haven't done a lot of digging that, you know, the wide path is also these people who think they can do right enough and be good enough. The narrow path are the people who say Jesus is enough, yeah. and, you know, and like, hey, that's it. Jesus yeah. is enough. And that doesn't mean that I just get to do whatever I want, right. you know, and just fulfill all of my carnal desires, but that nothing I do it's is going to make enough. me yeah. enough exactly. to be good enough. Exactly. Jesus is the Amen. Amen. Well, we are getting very close to out of time. I do know that I've heard rumblings that you have an album coming out soon. So before we go, I wanted to see if you could give us any, you know, previews or what we could be looking forward to in that. Okay, sure. You know, I haven't actually even fully titled it, but I think the title track is going to be a song written by a friend of mine named Nathan Perry called Slow Down. Hmm. And the reason that I think that is going to be is because that song sort of encapsulates most of the whole album, which is, 
it's just songs about life like like heartache is a, and it's out already it's because i'll have a few singles yeah heartache is a well in a heartache is the title but i don't know it's just we shorten it <laughs> heartache is a song about how um how relationships are hard when when they start they're good and fun but they do get hard but over time if i if i had to go back and go through all those things again to get to where i am now i would do it in a heartache you know jesus and you is about why i do the things that i do and the motive behind the way the reason that we do things that we do um, there's a song in there called victories that's about uh, it's really so perfect for this book and for our life because it's basically about how everyday people are winning everyday victories in their everyday life that they're not paying attention to and so slow down the whole song is just about how life is passing us by really fast. And pretty much the entire album is just different songs about life That's and the experiences that we I have. I feel like it's like the passing of time. Like yeah. We can't stop it in our lives. We're, 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 taking all, we're all taking these journeys and we're all yeah, living these stories. I just, the next single is a song called Sandcastles, which is the only single that, well, the first single that's releasing that I wrote all by myself. Well, yeah, and I look forward to that. Yeah, it's really a, it's kind of, I mean, it, it starts out kind of heart-wrenching, but it's really true. It, the whole song is true stories. The mm-hmm. first verse actually happened to me. Second verse happened to us. I reversed the roles and, and the setting, but it did happen to us. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's basically, it's basically a song about how a lot of times we're, I mean, it really is, and I'm trying to sneak the message in is what I'm trying to do. But it's really, in a way, it's a song about how a lot of times we put a lot of faith in in and normalcy and we put a lot of faith in these idols that we've set up and and the reason it's called sandcastles is in in the very first the chorus has changed throughout the song but in the very first chorus uh it says all your castles wash away mm-hmm. you know in just an instant so it can change that fast and so you're learning not to rely on those things that are temporary because there's something bigger. The second verse says, I mean, the second chorus says, you know, you're not, you're not meant to live on those crumbs anymore. You know, you've, you've lived your whole life eating, eating that and you've, you've relied on that. And now that's taken away from you, you know, but maybe God's got something bigger from you and healing does come. This is not in the lyrics of the song, but I've always said as, as a pastor, I always said when something terrible happens in our life or somebody really wrongs us or whatever happens, you know, it's almost like we take this big sack of rocks on our back Mm. And what we want and all of us want is we just want to drop it. We want to be free of it. But what really happens is every day or every week or every other day, we just take a rock out. (laughs) And before you know it, though, it's gone. The weight's gone. And before you know it, you go to bed that night and you think, man, I didn't even think about that all day today. And I used to be obsessed with it, you know. And uh, so you do heal over time. That's that is part of the song, you know, day by day and year by year, you find your way and you start to heal, Mm -hmm. you know. And that's uh, so that's a big deal. I'm I'm really really excited. I thought it was going to be an EP, but it's looking like it's going to be a full album. I also thought it was going to be summer, but I think it probably is going to be more fall. Okay, uh, that was the next uh, question. Mainly, when can we expect it? <laughs> yeah. Well, mainly because I'm talking to people who are way smarter than me. Yeah. Well, and, I understand. And they're sort of <laughs> they're sort of telling me, you know, how to how to make the greatest impact. Right. The When's the best time? The timing oh, yeah. is everything with this. So. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm recent. I'm I'm going to release a couple or three more singles. Okay. It, really, frankly, because singles are easier to get playlisted, yeah. and that's where you get streams, and exactly. that's how you get your music out there. It's a lot harder to get it playlisted if it's a full album. Gotcha. So I'm working. I'm working a plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I promise. Well, that's that's exciting. I can't wait to hear it. Now, before we go, I want to make sure that you guys tell us where we can find you guys online, learn more about you. Where can we get the book? When's the book coming? All of that stuff. 
You want you want me to do that? Uh, you, uh, you can you can do the book. Uh, all right. The- so the book is it, it officially releases June twenty second. Uh, that's the official release date you of the book. You can pre-order it. Uh, you can pre-order the book now. The you can go to everylittlewinbook.com. Now I will say. There's a fan group that started when The Voice started called Team Todd. It's on Facebook. If you join that group, then you have the like exclusive in to be part of the launch team for the book. Oh, yay. And with that, with that if you pre-order the book today, your, your hard copy of the book will still come, but you'll also get uh, access to the full book digitally immediately. If wow. you join and you can read the whole thing. And there's other little perks. There's other, you get there's like a song. early release of songs and Todd's going to do a private, private concert. concert. And then with the audio book, uh, Sandcastles comes out June, I mean, excuse me, July. Uh, but when the audio book comes out, I think the people who do the audio book are going to have access to hear Sandcastles, you know. And uh, and so the book's everylittlewindbook.com. Um, and again, like I said, if you want to be part of the launch team and read the book early, just make sure you join that fan group because that's kind of how the marketing people yep. are running the yep. launch team. And, uh, you can find us on all the social media. Um, Brooke's on there, just Brooke Tillman yeah. on Brooke all Tillman, of hers. Facebook, I'm Todd Tillman Instagram. on all of mine. I'm you know? sorry, I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> Our name is spelled weird, but luckily, right now, it, however you spell it, it it's kind of you can you find can get. Us, you know, yeah. <laughs> hopefully that doesn't fade. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, Yes, so, please follow us. I love to like my I, I love to follow other people's journeys. That's a big deal to me. Like I think the biggest thing I like to leave with people is if you want a great story, choose to live a great story. Live it, yeah, right. Like, you know, and you can start today. So to me I love hearing other people's stories and I love sharing my story. Um, it's just fun. And I do that on Instagram and Facebook through our daily post of our children and just crazy things. So I love to follow along. Brooke is journey. an oversharer about it. I am an oversharer. <laughs> so if you want the most information about our lives, follow me. There you go. There you go. I'm a little more conservative. Him. Yeah. My social media is a little more just sort of professional. Yeah. 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 Mine's a little more. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> See, I need to take a, a chapter out of your book, Brooke. I need to <laughs> open up a little bit more, I think. So I'm going to, I'm going to go study you now, but we will have all of those links in the show notes to make sure that everybody can get to you make sure that they know how to get to that facebook group and and all that jazz but thank you guys so so much for joining us today it has been an absolute joy thank Thank you. you we appreciate it so very much well you are very welcome and for everybody else thank you all for joining us out there uh we hope you have really really enjoyed hearing from the hearts of todd and brooke and we look forward to talking to you again real soon joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.